Monday. You. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Monday. Go, Will. Go, Will. Go, Will. <laughs> you guys know what time it is. It is time for Will and Denise. Denise and Will on here on After the Week. And it is Sunday, February 19th. And man, we had a pretty, uh, so much going on in the world of wrestling. Uh, Will, kick us off, man. How, how, how do you think this week went so far? What was your viewing experience yesterday? How did you fit in Elimination Chamber and Battle in the Valley? And also watching the slam dunk contest as well. Um, I I will say highlights of that, by the way, I saw that one guy, the one was his name Uh, Mac or something. Yeah. So here's here's the thing. I had my iPad, I had my phone and I had my TV, all of which had something different going on it. And, uh, and, you know, because it's All-Star Weekend. Like, it was the funny thing. I said last week that wrestling fans were going to be humbled this week, and they sure as hell were, because I said that uh, it's going to be... Twitter's going to be a reminder that wrestling's not the biggest thing in the world, because as much as there was some cool stuff happening across Elimination Chamber, there was uh, cool stuff happening across New Japan, number one trend in the world was still the slam dunk contest, because, look, that's that's how these things go. And uh, I'm a big basketball fan, so I got to absorb it all. I'm going to watch the All-Star game tonight. Um, but it was hard. It was hard to watch three things at once, especially when you have that little bit of ADHD. With the... Actually, that kind of made it easier for me. But um, just being able to watch all of these things. But it was a good weekend. How was yours? How I mean, you really just... Uh, I mean, I, I chimed... Or I checked in on your watch along every once in a while because there's times where I'm like, I didn't like that. Wonder what Denise thought. And I'm like, oh, I don't have like sometimes I'll just text you. And most of the time I'll text you during the day, right? Yeah, you knew uh, I wasn't gonna be on my phone, right? Right. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, I know how I can find out. Let me just open the stream and then I'm like seeing your reaction. Cause I, I legitimately thought like um a good example, women's elimination chamber. I uh I thought, hmm, I don't I didn't love that. Normally, I'll text Denise about this, but let me see how she felt. I jump in on your stream, and sure enough, you are like, huh, I didn't love that. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> so <laughs> I love how we all need, like, instant validation. Like, this is how I feel. Does anybody else feel this way with me? If you do, let's all be friends and walk together. <laughs> You know, but I get it. I get it. And it's one of those things, too, where like where you're when you're so yesterday I did, you know, obviously watch along was like three and a half hours long. Well, three and a half hours because I started 10 minutes before the stream. So it was quite a bit of time, you know, there um, no potty breaks, none of that. And then right afterwards, you know, I did the post show and that lasted over two hours. I was like two hours and 10 minutes. So um, I had between the watch along and the post show. I, I I was like stressed out because Sean was already waiting for me. He was like, we need to start. I'm like, Sean, I need to go to the bathroom. Like I need to go like, or else like I've just finished my three and a half hour stream. So I went to the bathroom, said hi to my husband, came back in, drank a little bit of water, threw my sweater across the room. And I was like, all right, I'm ready. Let's go. And so whatever time that was, so it was kind of crazy, but because of that. So I, by the time everything was done for me with Elimination Chamber, by the time I took a shower, got in my pajamas, end of the day it was already midnight for me which doesn't happen very often because you know obviously being in the west coast i'm more privy to having a wrestling end at a good amount of time so i was so pissed i didn't get to watch battle in the valley yet and so i'm hoping on uh based on what you say here today whether or not what things i'm actually going to watch um for the show so so will you're gonna be my 
my guide for today. <laughs> okay, cool. I mean, I will say I thought I could make it, but uh, for whatever reason, I've had some really early mornings. And the end result of that is that I fell asleep during Battle in the Valley, and I was not expecting to. And uh, because the thing I was waiting for so much was uh, Mercedes Monet versus Kyrie. And I got through the entrances, got a little bit into the match, passed out, woke up at the end. So I knew what had happened. I woke up at the very oh, end no. of the of the entire show and I could see them celebrating all of the stuff. I saw the post-match stuff with um, uh, with Okada and Mercedes holding their belts up. And I'm like, OK, I know how that match ended, but let me go back and watch it to see. Uh, what I missed. And so you'll see where it falls on my list. <laughs> this was you, Will. Hold on. I got a funny. Okay. I got a funny picture because you said that you just like knocked out, like, right? This was you. Yeah. That was <laughs> me. Middle of your day. <laughs> that was me. I was like, okay, let's, let's do this. And I sat down. I got excited for the match. I had like a couple of snacks and then I started dozing off. And that was it. Oh, long man. day. Very long day and uh only a longer weekend because it's president's day weekend so uh kids have school off they've got a four-day weekend so it's gonna be oh busy. that's nice that's nice all right well there you go that was our quick little uh show's over let's go home just kidding all yeah right, exactly get... you heard everything <laughs> we gotta get into our best and worst of the week and i have a feeling this is gonna be and uh, this is gonna be an interesting episode for sure um but just a heads up guys if you want to if you want to help support this podcast uh get your questions your comments your statements right here on this stream we are more than happy whenever you guys send in super chats we appreciate them a whole lot because uh for me in this particular channel they keep me funded and they keep me funding will to also come back and be on this channel so orion uh, ben yeah you'll know if i don't show up one week then i just didn't get paid so the, pay, the uh, bills <laughs> didn't go through like all of a sudden like um past payment overdue yeah it'll just be denise and denise and denise and and then just like denise by herself with like a block over and i didn't get paid <laughs> denise and will the whole <laughs> intro and then it's just denise <laughs> yes um will didn't get the bill there you go i don't know whatever <laughs> All right. Orion Ben 666 sends in a super chat saying great night of wrestling. Don't care what feds you support. There was great moments for all. I'm still loving Monet's tribute to Hannah. Oh, she did a, a, a tribute. Her whole attire, her attire, her everything. Oh my God. Yeah. That is so nice. Okay. Uh, Orion Ben says, have fun. Thank you so much to Orion Ben. I'm so nice that she did that because um, I feel like you know, with her and with Daphne and just that happening within such a short, uh, I don't remember exactly like what the time difference was between both of those, but I just feel like I'm ha I, I'm, I'm happy that they're not forgotten about and they've been consistently, you know, just remembered in like different moments. And so for this, like this was a really, I guess it's really nice to do that. So yes. I'm happy. I also, someone asked if I watched the press conference. Uh, I don't watch a press conference if I'm not at the press conference. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Will, is that weird? Like, do you ever watch a press conference that you didn't attend? You know, what's weird is, uh, so I've been at every AEW press conference for the last like two years, right? Uh, and so that's, but I missed one Ring of Honor one or two of them. And so what's really difficult is like I'm so in the habit of being at them that when it comes time for a question, like I'll be watching on my TV and I'm like, nope, it's not my turn. Um, I'm not even there. What am I doing? <laughs> Fucking idiot. Uh, and so uh, it's, it is weird to have these things happen and not be at them. I will be at the Revolution Press Conference, by the way. So I don't have to worry about that here. Uh, and I, I, but I did. I, I, I watched 
the hard thing is watching from the outside and all of a sudden having an opinion on it because I, I did watch the Elimination Chamber press conference. I'm watching all of the controversy around questions because, uh, Look, you know, bro, when it comes to that, I'm just going to say this. If you ain't there, if you ain't there, that's not don't don't worry about the questions. I'm sorry, but it's like people go there with different reasons and have different things to ask. Not everybody's going to be there for the exact same reason. And so, like, when people have issues with the questions, I'm like if you're not there, go take yourself there. You can get there. Yeah. Ask so your that, own questions. I so that's my thing. I don't watch just to criticize just to criticize, honestly. Well, well, and that's what got me here was uh, I feel like no matter what you do, this is the lesson here. For anybody who's aspiring to do press conferences, to be a part of wrestling media, any of this, somebody is going to have a problem with what you do. And a good example of that is uh, if you ask too light of a question or something that people deem too light a softball, whatever, there's the people who are going to jump on you, who are going to jump all over you and be like, uh, why didn't you ask a hard-hitting question? Why didn't you uh, follow up on this thing? Why didn't you blah, blah, blah? Oh, you're taking it easy on because you just want to be able to come back. People are going to tell you that. And then uh, last night, I thought Brandon Thurston had a very reasonable question when he asked about the sale. He asked oh, yeah, Hunter straight that. up about the sale, right? And I see tweets saying, why is he asking about that? That's irrelevant. He should be asking about Elimination Chamber. And I thought, there's no winning. There's no winning. There's, there's no, no winning. winning with these people. So at the end of the day, just ask what is relevant to the content you produce. That's what yes, I feel. Yes, thank you. Because people go there with different purposes. You have yes. local media. For example, when we were there for, um, God, what was it? Royal Rumble. We had a lot of gaming media there. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of local media that just wants sound bites where they're talking about, you know, they get the, you know, so and so Bray Wyatt talking about San Antonio or whatever. Then you clearly have wrestling media. Then you also, and then on top of that, there's also more, uh, like more niche stuff within that because there's people that, you know, um, you know, you've got content creators that just want certain type of content. It's very different, and everybody goes in with a different, um, with a different need for that weekend. Absolutely. You know? And we know this because we all go in there with a different purpose. And you see this when you go to media events. You see certain people doing things, other people not doing certain things. Why? Because everybody has a uh, different assignment and a different reason to be there. Exactly. And like, I thought that obviously Brandon Thurston, guy who runs WrestleNomics, uh, should absolutely be asking yes. things about the economics of pro wrestling. That was a relevant question <laughs> to his platform. And I thought anybody who has a problem with that question in this form, when the one rare time you get to ask Triple H about the sale of the company, now nah, I thought that was nonsense to see people agreeing with him in that, uh, people agreeing in that thread of people just criticizing it. I thought that was, the, either way, you can't win. Just ask things that are relevant to the content you produce and you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. But you got to understand there's a lot of people that don't know about this stuff, though, Will. That's the thing. Like, there's a lot of people that think you have to be, you have to fit a certain mold of what people think a journalist is without realizing that that's an archaic view. It's super archaic to think that this person has to be exactly like that person, like this person and this person, because we have evolved, ladies and gentlemen. We're in 2023. People are producing all different types of content and people are taking different types of roles. And this is one of the biggest struggles that I personally have had because, you know, you come in doing something different and will i'm sure you can attest to this for yourself too if you're doing something different and it doesn't follow the same mold of what people think you need to do it, it's it, it's like you're not progressing with the times i'm sorry the times are changing absolutely i agree. we got 
We got a super chat here from Ricardo. Um, El Comerciante de Pepsi says, I'm at, Re I'm at, I'm at WK. Can't wait to watch. Oh, okay, 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 okay. He's um he can't wait to uh watch uh Battle of the Valley. Lots of love. Okay. Uh oh, he's at work. Thank you. I was like, what's WK? I know. I was like, I thought I it's that. My brain went like Wrestle Kingdom. Are you watching? I'm like, are you watching uh a New Japan chronologically? Because if so, yeah, you've got a few shows to catch up on, but you'll get to Battle of the Valley eventually. Right. That's what I was thinking. So I was like, wait, hold on. I don't know what's happening here. Um, but thank you so much to Ricardo, who's that. Thank work. you for watching from work. Appreciate yeah, seriously, that. seriously. It's much appreciated. And for sending in a super chat. Anonymous Batty says, Y'all both looking sharp on here on this Sunday. So I got what I'm calling my Lita look right now, except the Disney Channel version of it. I got cargo <laughs> pants on. You just can't see them. They're brand new, like a new look. You can kind of uh, see them, you know? And uh, then I got like the whole little get up here skulls like hey, i'm feeling i'm feeling my lita vibes today let me tell you guys uh and while we're uh confessing things and uh, <laughs> admitting here that uh so i i am well dressed for sunday because i have a place to be immediately after this show and so i wanted to make sure i got myself dressed however i was literally getting dressed 90 seconds before the show started and so up top looking good Great shirt. Still in sweatpants, though. And, <laughs> and they don't uh, even match. <laughs> no, not in the slightest. Uh, I didn't. I couldn't find my good jeans that I'm planning on wearing today. Uh, don't have socks on either. Uh, but uh, you got to pay extra for the feet. Um, but so I, uh, I, I just threw on my sweatpants real quick, and I'm like, I'll finish getting dressed later. I am halfway dressed for the day. So. Uh, but luckily, on the podcast, all you see is this here. So exactly. don't got to worry about it. Leonard Aaron's the third sends in a very generous super chat. Thank you so much to Leonard, who says, uh, right now, Zayn Reigns is up there with Osprey Omega. It's the best matches I've seen this year. That said, Sammy should have won. Sammy winning would have been a generational moment. Cody at Mania doesn't come close to this. Okay, so Leonard, I'm so sorry because I really appreciate your uh, your super <laughs> chat. I really do. But unfortunately, I do have to disagree with a couple of these comments. Um, and I know we'll get into more with, Zayn's and Reigns, with Zayn and Reigns later on. But just speaking, I, I can't compare Zayn and reigns anywhere near what osprey and omega was and i know people are going to be like god damn it how dare you but that's my opinion and i only talk about my own opinions will did you want to chime in or should we press no, on we'll, we'll press on this will get discussed as the the show goes on, i feel so sure. bad okay uh caden c sends in a super chat saying if my moment isn't on your list i swear i don't know caden i don't know all right i i, I don't this. okay so I, i'll say this i don't think your moment's on the list caden um but the moment Caden, of course, is referring to is the fact that during MJF's entrance on Dynamite this week, MJF stops midway through the ramp, <clears throat> stares directly at Caden, takes his gum out of his mouth and chucks it straight in the face of Caden, hits him directly in the nose. Caden still has the gum. What? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Get rid of that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Get rid of that, Caden. That's disgusting. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> Not on my list, Kate, but I will say that was probably one of my biggest pops of the week. Literally because uh, I I told the story day after Dynamite, but I was not paying attention whatsoever. I was like, you know, MJF's entrance hits, and I start kind of scrolling my phone, like, you know, just catching up on some of the takes of Dynamite. And then all of a sudden I get a message from Caden that says, let me know when you see it. And I'm like, huh? And I look up at my screen, and within seconds, I see MJF staring directly at Caden. And then just throws his gum 
right in Caden's face. Um, it was great. If you haven't seen this part of his entrance, just go back and watch it. I missed it. it too. Oh man, I'm so bummed. But Caden, throw the gum away, please. Uh, All right. No. Um, if anything, I don't know. Look, I I decided to uh, use my my media credentials to inquire about said gum, and uh, I I asked MJF about said gum. And the direct quote I got was that if Caden Cease sells this gum um, on, hold on, I want the direct quote. Uh, let's see. It says, uh, tell him if he sells it, he better give me a cut. So, uh, bro, you know, Caden could just start like, uh, just start um, really cloning MJF, make a bunch of little MJF since now he has, you know, some of yes. MJF's DNA. <laughs> absolutely (laughs) all right let's get into this man uh third best of the week will we'll kick it off with you what's on your list all right so as some of you know when you watch this show right here a lot of times things from dynamite will wind up on this list however I think this may be one of the first times there is nothing from dynamite on my list because uh dynamite for the most part is a show that delivers Good wrestling moments, but this week they had none of that. Um, and I thought I was I thought I was one of the few people that felt that way. Oh no, Dynamite was because I didn't T Rash this week. Yeah, but, I know. Yeah, not a good show whatsoever. Uh, however, I did actually think for a change, Rampage had some stuff that delivered this week. I thought Rampage, and I thought this when I first saw the card. When I saw the card side by side, I was like, Rampage feels more like a Dynamite this week, and Dynamite feels more like a Rampage. Um, That's interesting. I wonder if that's how it'll actually execute. And sure enough, it did. I thought that the main event of Rampage this week, Swerve Strickland going one-on-one with Dustin Rhodes, was an actual very good match. I wasn't sure what to expect out of this, because... uh, Dustin, I've been convinced for the last 10 years, because that's the way Dustin's been presented to me, uh, has been over the hill. Uh, But yet, over the last four of those 10 years in AEW, Dustin always manages to come through, whether it's uh, the match he had with Cody at Double or Nothing, whether it's the match he had last year with CM Punk. Uh, Dustin comes through when it's time. And, of course, Swerve Strickland is, a, is somebody right now who has something to prove. He has something to prove um, in wanting to establish himself as a top-tier main eventer, he, main event heel specifically in AEW. I didn't know that Dustin was the right guy to establish that with, but, man, you know what I really love about AEW's presentation of Dustin Rhodes? I love how legitimate he's come off. Um, I grew up with Dustin Rhodes uh, as the natural. When I first started watching wrestling as a kid, he was the natural in WCW. And then he jumped over to WWF. And um, for a long time, he was presented legitimately. And then somewhere along the way, somewhere around like late 1999 or like early 99, they kind of decided, you know what? Dustin's just kind of going to kind of be a guy that fills a little bit of a mid-cart role, but he's never going to be somebody we take seriously. But... I feel like these last few years, he has been so good at reminding us that this is a guy who is six foot six. This is a man who is a great natural athlete and a man that in his 50s can still go. 
I loved this main event. I loved how it presented Dustin. I loved how it presented Swerve sadistically um, and how uh, how well Dustin came off as somebody who wasn't, who wasn't willing to put up with Swerve's shit. Um, obviously, we got to see Dustin bleed. Look, that's a thing that these Rhodes boys do best. Um, I'm, <laughs> you know, if... In WWE, if they're handing out fines for, for blading, I almost feel like Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania this year should just take the fucking fine. Uh, your WrestleMania payday is going to be big enough. Take that $20,000 and and uh, let it go. Bleed for us. Anyway, though, uh, the natural Dustin Rhodes, I thought, looked great here. But Swerve also looked like a million bucks in this match as somebody who was willing to do whatever it took to put somebody down. Uh, he sold Crossroads so well that I'm almost annoyed that we didn't get Cody versus Swerve at any point. We've seen it. We saw it in Defy, but we haven't seen it um, on TV in any way. And the way Swerve took that Crossroads, almost like a no-handed cartwheel, uh, I felt like, I still feel like I, I want to see that match. We got the, disqual uh, the DQ finish um, because... At the end of the day, Dustin almost had it won. But then Parker Boudreaux had the interference. But just talking about this specific match, I even thought Parker looked better. I thought Parker looked better than he's ever looked. I thought that, hey, somebody told him, stop doing the Brock stuff. Uh, you're not Brock Lesnar. Stop. Uh, because I thought that uh, the offense he laid in on Dustin actually looked pretty dang good. I thought everybody came off well here. This was a great way to end Rampage and send us into uh, some of the all-star stuff. I loved it. I went, I, so here's the thing. I was looking, when I was preparing my list for today, I was thinking the same thing of like, man, I don't know where I'm going to fit. If there's anything back on Dynamite that I want on this show, on my list today, and I went back and I looked at everything that happened on Dynamite, and I was like, man, I'm not feeling absolutely anything. Like now looking in terms of the entire week altogether, sometimes there's things where I might have not added them on the list, but then I decided to be based on everything else that occurred. But I legitimately thought that AEW Dynamite this week was just not good. And it was such a, it's weird too, because I feel, and I kind of already knew this too, you know, with the card heading into the show, I thought that it felt a little bit weak, but then I thought, you know what, for the most part, AEW Dynamite delivers all the time, even if there's a card that I'm not so interested in. But this one kind of, um, just didn't deliver the exact same way that it normally does. But I'm like, okay, fine. It's not the end of the world because most of, you know, Dynamites have been very, very consistent, especially the last two weeks prior to prior the three weeks prior to the, this past week, we've been seeing a lot of really good like matches and whatnot. Things have been pretty good. Um, but that being said, I almost put this one on my list here. I almost put it on here because this was the best thing that AEW did this entire week, in my opinion, because mm -hmm. um, they did a really great job building to this. And like, even just like the, mo I was I was talking about this, God, what was I talking about it? on the Friday show when Dustin was doing his promo about um, Swerve and his tattoo and Doritos and this and that and then we get the attack i loved all of that i thought all of that was really fun i love how they did that and then um you know at one point when uh both parker and swerve are beating up on dustin and comments and they bring out the cylinder block and commentary starts bringing up how this is a cylinder block that took out keith lee at this point it was pretty much cylinder um, block you mean what did I say? Cylinder. Oh, sorry. It's absolutely not a cylinder. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> cinder block, whatever. Uh -huh. My brain's whatever. Okay, That's so okay. the cinder block, he brings it up. And uh, at this moment when um, 
Thanks, Will. I'm, th I'm trying to get back what I was trying <laughs> to think of here. Okay, so he brings out the freaking block, and then afterwards, the commentary is mentioning how this is how they took out Keith Lee, right? So mm -hmm. for me, um, I'm thinking at this point, okay, it's very obvious that Keith Lee is going to come out. So Keith Lee, I love the the, the attack from behind. Uh, the new look from Keith Lee was pretty uh, pretty interesting. He's got like silver hair now. I'm like, all right, uh, cool. You know, you do you. I don't know how I feel about it. Totally, <laughs> I know. I'm not sure how I feel about him. it either. I don't like Keith. Him. It yeah. aged him a whole lot. It aged him a whole lot. And honestly, I, I want to be a bitch about it and be like, your hair doesn't look good. <laughs> I don't like Keith Lee without a beard. I'm just going to say it. I think Keith Lee needs a beard at all times. And uh, every time he has shaved his beard, I always have this little sense of disappointment. Keith Lee, you need your beard. Uh, as a matter of fact, I would have gone the opposite direction. Like if he was going to do the, the lesser hair thing, bigger beard is what I would have done. Do a Rick Ross look, full beard, shaved head. Keith Lee. That's what yeah. I would go for. Yeah. So the look, I wasn't totally sold on it, but you know what, Keith, you do you. Um, for me, I thought that this was, yeah, like I said, probably on the better side of things, what they did with AEW. And I'm curious to see, you know, where are we going from here, Will? Do you think we're going to see a tag team match? What, what was the revolution picture look like to you? I feel like they have to go with the one-on-one -on -one Swerve versus Keith Lee. I don't know that that's That's happening. what I was thinking, um, but... too, because that's what I originally thought. But once they incorporated Keith Lee into this, I'm thinking, okay, well, then you clearly have to have Keith Lee part of this. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I still feel like I'm left wanting more between uh, Swerve and Dustin. Yeah, um, I think, honestly, I would pay that match off on Dynamite. I think that's the biggest audience you could put it in front of. I think go one more time, Swerve versus... Uh, versus Dustin on Dynamite with some kind of stipulation, and then Revolution go Swerve versus uh, Keith Lee one-on-one. -on -one. Got, got it, got it, okay. Um, and we got a super chat here from Sheldon Jackson who says Roman versus Sammy was like the M, M. Night Shyamalan movie uh, last night. A great buildup during the match, but the ending was a massive disappointment. And we'll talk more about this later on today. And Mr. CJ Lilly says, hey guys, looks like Alexa's out of WrestleMania for the second year. Well, she's healthy and it seems like a creative choice, not hers. This is her last one as her contact, as her contact ends next, oh, contract next. And next March, what's going on? I don't know exactly when Alexa Bliss's contract ends, so I can't even comment on that because I don't know. But um, I feel like right now it's not too out of the question that Alexa's out of WrestleMania. We still got a couple of weeks to go. And, uh, you know, we're still piecing together this, you know, her role in this whole stuff with The Fiend and all of that. Any thoughts, Will, Fiend expert? Uh, <laughs> look, I, I don't know what's happening with her and Uncle Howdy. I feel like all of that, like, just fell off at Rest uh, at Royal Rumble and hasn't been referenced since. Uh, I don't know that there's a spot for her at WrestleMania. That's the thing is like, I always find myself disappointed in people's lack of presence at WrestleMania if I felt like there was a place that they should have been. But at the end of the day, Asuka is the person who should be challenging for the Raw Women's Championship, absolutely. I tweeted yesterday that I think it's interesting that they have nobody from SmackDown to challenge Charlotte. They literally had to pull um, yeah. Rhea Ripley from Raw because that's kind of how dire SmackDown's women's title even picture. For Bray Wyatt, women's even for Bray Wyatt, when he had to be like, oh, well, I challenged someone from Goldberg and Bobby Lashley. <laughs> I mean, sorry, Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's very interesting uh, as far as that's concerned. But looking at it like, there are so many other women on the roster because I would still say, like, I would make sure I'm finding a spot for Becky Lynch. I want to make sure I'm finding a spot for Bailey. I want to make sure I'm finding a spot for 
Um, now it's looking like likely damage control versus Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. And it's like, as we're working our way down the women's roster list, um, Alexa isn't exactly all that high up for where she's been the last year as far as finding a place for her at WrestleMania. Um, it sucks that there isn't a spot for her, but at the same time, I'm thinking, but what would that spot be if there was? Right. And unfortunately, I, given what we saw between Alexa and Bianca both times, it didn't leave me wanting to be like, oh, yeah, Alexa should be in this match against Bianca. Uh, that was not, you know, a WrestleMania match that I would want to see just based on what we've seen previously from their Raw match as well as their pay-per-view match. Um, we got Ricardo who sends in a super chat saying, going to Dynamite on Wednesday. I hope it's not trash. No, he, like I said, I feel like it's a... Uh, it's not very often that you get a not so great version of Dynamite. I think for the most part, they're a pretty consistent show. Uh, yeah, I so think this past week's, you know, I had mentioned uh, on Day After Dynamite this week that I was like, was this past week's a chicken or the egg kind of situation? Because uh, the the card wasn't great going into the show, but also neither were sales figures for tickets in the show. Was it one of those things where they looked at it and went, well, you don't exactly have a great crowd this week. Do we burn a great show on uh, a so-so crowd? Because this week is in Phoenix. It's the first time AEW's ever hit Phoenix. It's the first time they've ever hit Arizona. And uh, it's one of their better attended shows, at least ticket-wise, of the year. I, I can't help but wonder, being the first time in Phoenix, and it's a major arena, it's an NBA arena, it's where the Suns play, um, are they going to give them more of a a show worthy of a crowd that's going to have that kind of attendance. I, I have a feeling they will. Thank you so much to Ricardo for also sending this in and have a good time at Dynamite. And um, let me just catch up with everything. Caden C sends in a super chat saying that crowd didn't deserve two returns, uh, says Caden. Uh, we got a super chat here from Tyrone Kid who says over under 50% Asuka gets the WrestleMania win. I know you love percentages, Will. Um, I don't think she's going to win at WrestleMania. Uh, I do. So I'm going to say Ooh. 70%. I'm going to say right now, mine is like 2%. <laughs> so I, I think that at this stage, uh, the way that th she's being built, she seems to be getting built in a way that uh, is positioning her strongly against Bianca Belair. I don't feel like she's coming off as one of her kind of lesser challengers. If she loses, it's going to be one where they make her look like a million bucks in it. But I think they didn't go with this new presentation, new music, new all of this to have her lose this soon. Right. I feel like, to be honest, I feel like this is, I personally feel like right now I'm settling with, with Asuka and Bianca because I know the match is going to be good, but clearly we just found out that it's going to be Asuka. But I, I feel like because it was just too predictable that Asuka was going to be the person to be to win this Elimination Chamber match. I feel just a little bit like, okay, this is what's handed to me. I'm just going to take it. Am I necessarily like completely riveted? Maybe not, but I feel like I'm going to, you know, I'm going to wait and let it play out and see how this whole story is going to unfold. Like, again, I know I'm going to get a good WrestleMania match out of these two, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like, I'm not too interested at this moment, um, personally. Uh, but thank you so much to Tyrone Kid for also sending in uh, this super chat as well. Um, okay, and we got one here from Joe Compton. It says, Jay Uso couldn't pull the trigger and finish the job. Thoughts? Oh, we'll get to that, Joe. We will get to that. I don't want to disregard your super chat, but trust me, we will get to that. Thank you so much to Joe Compton for sending that in. Um, all right, so 
Now let's go ahead and press on from here and let's get into uh, my third best of the week, Will. And so I decided I was debating, like, where should I go with this one? Again, I told you I didn't pick anything from the AEW side of things this time around. So I've decided to go with a match that I didn't expect to put on here whatsoever. And it ended up being the mixed tag team match that I wasn't looking forward to at all at Elimination Chamber. I didn't care for it at all. And the fact that I didn't care about it, I didn't even care to see it. And I actually felt very entertained during this. Main, the main reason being Beth Phoenix and Rhea Ripley going at it like two dominant alpha females. I'm sorry, I was completely here for those interactions. And I just loved everything that Rhea and Beth did here. Um, I didn't necessarily, and this was something that I spoke about in the Fightful show, I would have liked to see Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley get the win. But I don't think that it took away from the stuff that they did within this actual match. I loved uh, just Rhea and Beth trying to overpower each other. Uh, both of them doing... Um both of them uh, power bombing, you know, the other guys in this match. It's like for me, that was a pretty uh, good moment. So I enjoyed it. And at this point in the show was what, like the third match or something. I had, I wasn't a fan of the women's elimination chamber match. I wasn't a fan of, uh, why do I keep wanting to say Goldberg? He's like in my head or something. Um, I wasn't I know, a match. Right? He's like, for some reason, again, I wanted to say Goldberg. Um, I wasn't a fan of Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. And so for me, it's like, okay, at this point this of the show, this was the best thing during that the time period that we were in. Uh, thoughts on this, Will? You look like you, I couldn't read your face on this one. I'm just laughing at the chat because Sean's in the chat. Sean's just <laughs> trying to get attention because here's the thing, Sean. My YouTube channel has way more subscribers Shh. than yours hey, now. Hey, hey, hey. I am on both, so hey, I don't Will. have any dog well, in that fight as a matter of fact this i have more war. content on the other one so oh, at the yeah, end of the day of i will not stand for this okay <laughs> now will this is a war okay step aside at this moment so sean's on here trying to get some damn attention um we got a super chat here from s martinez 281 who says can you guys use your media connections to ask tony why they keep skipping houston texas they were in houston last year and they were in houston the year before you guys get a show once a year. That's pretty good. I was going to uh, say, well, LA's gone in like a show once a year. Yeah. I don't the last think. Two years. Yeah, the last two years. It hasn't been so bad. They've hit Houston twice now. As a matter of fact, Houston got to acapella sing Chris Jericho's theme song, <laughs> which was still one of the coolest entrance moments I've ever seen. Well, he wants more, more than one show per year. Who can blame sure. him? There's a couple cities that get like a bunch per year. Uh, thank you so much to S Martinez 281 for sending in this super chat. Um, all right. So second best. Will, you're up. All righty. So my second best thing this week on any other week would have been the best thing to happen this week. And that was the men's elimination chamber match uh, in which I put Sean in timeout. Muted in the chat, Biatch. <laughs> I am not in this whatsoever. Anyway, men's elimination chamber match. There was so much for this match to prove because in this men's elimination chamber match, we saw um, six competitors competing over the uh, United States Championship. We saw uh, Austin Theory defending the title against Seth Rollins, against Bronson Reed, against Montez Ford, against Johnny Gargano, and against Damian Priest. Um, look. I think that going into this match, I had some concerns because 
when you watch Raw on a regular basis, it is hard to deny a few things. One, Bronson Reed is not over. Two, um, an even bigger crime, Johnny Gargano is not over. And uh, I think even Damian Priest is, he's in an act that's over, but I think he's uh, a piece of it that the people care about the least. And then on top of that, you have Montez Ford, who uh, everybody sees as this breakout singles act. And I say all that to say that all four guys in this match had something to prove. And I think that all four of them proved it in spades. You had, um, I think you start with, let's start with Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed, I think, needed to establish himself as an unstoppable monster force. And I think he did that better than he's ever done it in this match. He looked like a million bucks getting to uh, have some of the spots he had with everybody and looking like the guy everybody feared in the match. So much so that he was the first eliminated, but he was eliminated in a way that made him look unstoppable because it took everybody to take him out. Uh, and I thought that by the time he was done, the way the fans were reacting to him throughout the match, uh, everything that was done for him made him look better than when he walked in. Uh, so I was very, very happy with the way he was presented in the match. And then I look at somebody like Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano, I think I would have liked to have seen him look like more of a threat in the match because at the end of the day, I don't think he looked like somebody who could have had it won. But I think that his performance in there was outstanding. I think that uh, I've had problems with the fact that somebody named Johnny Wrestling hasn't gotten to show off his wrestling on Monday Night Raw. Here, though, he looked so good, and he got to do what he does best, and that's wrestle. Uh, I thought that... The um, reverse powerbomb into the Rana spot with Seth Rollins off the top of the uh, pod looked phenomenal. Um, great production work on that, not showing everybody just standing around on the outside. because That's the thing that uh, a lot of people forget to do. But Johnny Gargano got to look very, very good. Like I said, I would have liked to have seen him look like a little bit more of a threat. Maybe at some point look like he could have had somebody beat, and I don't think he did. Uh, but I thought that as a wrestler, he looked great here. And then the breakout star of the match was Montez Ford. Montez Ford was in there just looking like the singles wrestler that people all know he could be. Johnny, or not Johnny, uh, Montez. He, will start with the spot of him um, with, that gave me so much anxiety. I was just like, please don't slip. Please, like, I don't want anything to go wrong here because there's so much that could go wrong. Like, for example, if his, because you, you kind of need that core strength. If he had lost his footing, he was screwed. Um, but there's so much that could have gone wrong. But him doing the spider crawl up to the top and then cannonballing onto everybody on the ground was amazing. Then on top of that, he got to be the guy to take out, um, if I remember correctly, he pinned Bronson Reed, didn't he? He pinned him after the, the splash. Uh, yes, yes, because yes. they all and did so, the three, the, yeah. So again, everybody hit their finishers on Bronson Reed, but at the end of the day, the person who got the pin was Montez Ford. And then Montez Ford, of course, gets to get the elimination on Damian Priest as well uh, with the um, electric chair spot, uh, which was kind of scary looking at the way that uh, 
Damian Priest landed. But again, I thought Montez Ford got to look like a singles competitor. He got to look like somebody who's ready for that spot. And so thinking about how everybody walked into this match and how many people walked out better for it, this was very, very good. And it was entertaining. It was exciting. It was electric. Um, I even appreciated the little bit of genius around um, Montez. Of course, the way he was uh, curb stomped on the uh, outside on the outside of the ring which of course i always have a big problem with the visual of anybody being any black person being curb stomped on uh black history month but either way that was of course used to uh have him brought out of the chamber now immediately my thought was okay logan paul's running in it's just a matter of when uh but the genius piece i liked here was when he was being helped out of the chamber and then he stumbles a little bit on the stairs. And I saw everybody kind of collectively go, oh, is this real? Um, and then you realize, no, it was really just to keep him in a spot to keep the door open. And so that allowed for Logan Paul to run in. I would have liked for Austin Theory to have gotten a cleaner finish. I think a common theme at Elimination Chamber was that it was full of really shitty finishes. Um, and I, I think across the board on the major matches, when you look at the main event, when you look at Brock versus Bobby, when you look at this chamber, the finishes kind of sucked. But I think that this was the one, the finish I hated the least here. Uh, and it allowed Austin Theory to ultimately walk away with the United States Championship. This was great. I'll talk more about this in a second. Cadence. Oh, was my prediction at the beginning of the show correct or before the show? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I forgot what it was. What did you say? I said, my gut feeling is that my number two is your number one. Oh, we don't know that. Cadence C sends in a super <laughs> chat saying, any thoughts on them going back to Austin so soon? Plus a match, plus any ma a much bigger venue, blood and guts potentially for one of their best crowds. Uh, thoughts on this? Well, yeah, do so... Um, yeah, we kind of talked about the fact that, uh, and I'm specifically talking about with Caden, that, you know, AEW has run Austin, Texas, uh, pretty much since the beginning of AEW. I think it was February of 2020 they first ran Cedar Park, Texas. Um, I want to say it was February 12th, 2020. Uh, but then they've, and they've been back to that crowd ever since. It's one of their best crowds. And they did recently announce that they're going to run Austin, Texas proper. Um, and it's going to be at the Moody Center, which is uh, one of their newest venues, if not the newest venue, I think. Um, it's a much bigger venue than they've typically run in Austin, Texas. I could see them. Well, what date is that? That's May 17th. Oh, my anniversary. Um, let's see. So that's if it's May 17th, that's a couple of weeks away from Double or Nothing. I could see that being the show where they do a blood and guts match. Maybe they could. It is one of their best crowds. It's always one of the loudest for sure. Last year sends in a super chat saying Riho returning to Jade versus Riho. Yeah, there's, you know, that was a report reported by Dave that he put out there that we can look to expect Riho coming out or coming I back. Think about Jade though, but that makes sense considering how much Would Jade. Be interesting. And, and the thing Jade keeps talking about is wanting better opponents, wanting somebody who uh, is at her level. The first ever AEW Women's World Champion. That's not bad. That's actually really good. I like that. And it, it, you kind of you could do kind of the Rey Mysterio vibe because she's so much bigger. Yeah, she's so and yeah, yeah, and Riho's so tiny. I'm in. Here's, Give me Rey. I, I don't want anything else. I need Riho versus Jade Cargill now. 
Well, so here's my thing. And when it comes to a lot of the Jade matches, I really wish that they would switch things up because I feel so many of them are pretty much exactly the same. And so if you were to do Jade versus Riho, I don't even need Riho to defeat Jade. Like, I, I don't even need it. I just want to see a different match um for jade as champion so personally like i love the whole mention of you know doing like the Rey mysterio thing with them because clearly the size discrepancy is going to be you know the big thing to talk about with this but i just want to see some i just want to see them mix it up a little bit more with jade's competition and riho would would be a fun one so uh, thank you so much to last year for sending that in uh much appreciated a whole lot all right i'm trying to catch up with everything here we got one from hero 290 who says mercedes monet wins the iwgp women's championship and i'm pretty sure Sure, we'll be talking about that in 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 a little bit as well um oh, all is right it on your list that's cool uh here we go and let's get into did i already do my second best of the week no i'm next all right um for my second best of the week i was trying to think like okay what did i really enjoy from this week and one of the things that i was thinking about was the sammy zane cody rhodes interaction on raw yes right. i let's felt go. like this moment could not be not on this list because you know and oh god where do i even begin the cody rhodes roman Reigns storyline and the Sami Zayn roman Reigns storyline has sort of you know kind of come together now because of cody winning the royal rumble heading into this match and just the whole entire conversation surrounding all of this and so with this specific moment for me i think what i most primarily enjoyed about it was that going into the match you know everybody was like okay you know we know roman Reigns is going to defeat Sami Zayn. that was very crystal clear from the beginning but i think what they did here at least for this particular night, I think that they did a really good uh, job of casting a little bit of doubt in some people with the way that Cody Rhodes was kind of, you know, Sami Zayn calls him out and asks him, you know, I want to know if it's true what you said last week. Like, do you think that I can uh, defeat Roman Reigns? And this kind of led to Cody Rhodes saying, like, it doesn't matter what I think. What matters is what you think. And then this kind of is a little bit of a pep talk sort of from Cody Rhodes. And then finally we get Sami Zayn you know, going off saying that he believes he can do this. He believes he can do that. He believes he can main event WrestleMania against Roman Reigns. But then he also talks about how Roman Reigns has been so dominant and blah, blah, blah. And he's seen the bloodline get away with things and all of this. And one of my favorite parts in this was when Cody Rhodes said that Roman Reigns was just a man. And that part when Cody Rhodes said that, I was like, Ooh, that is so good right there. I really, really liked that. On top of that, when, um, the closing portion of this, when Cody Rhodes told Sami Zayn, I don't want to see you at um, on Raw next week. I want to see you at WrestleMania. I thought that the way they just laid this whole thing out and seeing both Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn interact in this manner and the back and forth here, um, I thought this made for very compelling television. I was completely interested in what Cody Rhodes was saying. I was interested in what Sami Zayn was doing, and I thought that it added to Sami Zayn Roman Reigns for Elimination Chamber, just maybe having some people go, hmm, like, what if, right? Because you want to go into a match, you, you, even though we knew that Roman Reigns was going to defeat Sami Zayn, you want to go into a match feeling like maybe there's a possibility that we can be surprised or something, or something crazy can happen. And so I did think that Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes on Raw did just that for this matchup here. Agreed. I... I liked all but one thing about this promo, but for the most part, I thought that everything in this promo from Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes was very good. I think that it even, uh, there was one little piece of it that did something 
that I don't even think that fans realize they let happen, but by cheering it and letting it go. Um, but there was this kind of big brother, little brother energy to this promo uh, in a way where Sammy needed Cody's convincing that he could be the one to beat Roman Reigns. But I don't think people realize that what they did in this process was established that Cody is the guy and that Sammy is a step below Cody. And I think that the way that they, uh, the fans kind of played into that and chanted, you can do it and all that at Sammy, legitimized Cody. It made Cody look like the one that, you know, is the sure bet. Sammy is the one that we have questions about that we had questions about. he was like about. a little bit insecure, maybe yeah. not so confident. Yeah. Right. And I think that they did a phenomenal job here legitimizing Cody here. I had one thing that I hated about this, and it wasn't on the fault of Sammy, wasn't on the fault of Cody. It was on the fault of the Arena Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. I think chanting this is awesome in a promo is the stupidest thing imaginable. Um, I get why you would chant that in a match because you are impressed at the action you are seeing. When you chant it in a promo and in the promo, there's nothing happening that would warrant that other than the fact that you like it. The issue uh, in this case is that with promos, the wrestlers have to be reactive to what the crowd is doing. And so... In the moment that This Is Awesome was chanted, Cody almost just had to like ignore it. He just paused for a second because nothing he was saying would warrant going, you know what, guys? This, this is, is awesome. awesome. And then like getting back to what he's doing. The way that I took that, because I do agree with you, because it's like, okay, how do you react to that, right? But mm -hmm. the way that I took that from the fans chanting This Is Awesome, I took it more as them going like, oh, we're loving that we're even getting this con this like conversation Absolutely. between Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn, you know? So yeah. that's the reason that's the reason why I didn't hate that. I just kind of thought, okay, well, you know, they're chanting this is awesome because they're just, I don't know, happy to be here in this moment. I know, and I get that, but like as Sami's like pouring his heart out and talking about, I don't know if I can do this, and Cody's like pep talking him and the crowd's chanting, This is awesome. And I'm just thinking, <laughs> that has nothing to do with the context of what's <laughs> happening here. I feel like in promos chants should be within context i like you can do it as a chant i thought that that was like okay one it gave me very like water boy vibes but also um you have sammy who is doubting himself and i think that that was a good chant to play into it but in the sense of this is awesome i think that it didn't fit the context of what's being chanted and i think you leave the guys with nothing to react to if like i can't imagine i'm thinking back to some of my favorite like two-person confrontation promos um, and I'm thinking about Regal and uh, MJF from last year and thinking oh, that if somebody would have, that hit... wouldn't have fit in that one for sure. Not even but a it was little bit. It was awesome. But I think that if somebody had started chanting, this is awesome no, as he's so tearing weird. him down, it would have been, there's no promo where I don't think it's weird. I thought it was weird here. This one, but this one was different though, because nobody was tearing anybody down. I don't think anybody was tearing anybody down, but I think that the doubt that Sammy had in himself in that specific moment didn't was warrant to, okay. yeah for him to go like imagine if sammy had to be the one to react there and go yeah guys i don't know <laughs> if i could beat roman this is awesome <laughs> like this doesn't make any sense okay when you bring when you point it out like that yeah it's definitely no, I, 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 that was the yeah, only thing yeah. i didn't like but otherwise yeah. i think that the two of them uh 
in the ring together was uh were, was magic and i think that it really helped sell that cody is the guy and i think that wwe has needed to do that pretty much since this all started and this was a great way to do it Exactly. So I did love this moment. Uh, granted that this is awesome chance. We're questionable, but you know what? I think that the actual content that we got between Cody and Sammy uh, definitely warranted my uh, one of my favorite things that we saw this week. Yes. All right. So here we go. Uh, it is now time for worst of the week. And Will, <sighs> you're up, dude. What is your worst of the week? All right. Really had to think long and hard about this one because i'll tell you this was a rough week for referees and so there's a lot of like referee shenanigans stuff that i probably would have thrown on here i i almost wanted to go with the uh uh brock bobby ending but at the end of the day there was one particular thing that happened this week that i just can't get over being incredibly stupid and that was Soraya and Tony Storm at the end of uh, the triple threat match at the end of Dynamite. Soraya spray painting Tony Storm's ass for her for her to do the Sweet Cheeks music. <laughs> There's so many questions I have here, such as one: What did they think was going to happen here? Did they think that the paint would like you just see the green paint just like kind of cloud into the air? So it really, from a certain angle, looks like uh, a cartoon fart from uh from tony storm so that looked bad enough but then did they think that the paint was gonna like stick to her uh tights and then at that point it would put an imprint on Britt baker's face had that worked i might have actually not as had had as much of a problem with this as i did but this just looked stupid um i was actually getting into the match before this happened even though i looked at the clock and went there's only like four minutes left uh, and I think that this just brought the match to a halt. It brought the finish to a halt. Um, I get that the uh, these matches are supposed to be no disqualification, but like that doesn't just mean you let a fourth person into them. You, you probably should still keep that under control. I had so many problems with this, and I was very much looking forward to this as a main event. I was happy Ruby Soho got the win in a main event. I think Ruby Soho has actually gotten to look better than she's looked these last few weeks than she has her entire AEW run. I think since she's come back, she has felt like one of the star players in the division. Very good thing here. But man, that did this just bring it to a halt? I don't know what anybody was thinking here when they put this together if this is like saray and tony storm's idea please stop them um from having these ideas if it was somebody backstage's idea maybe try it first and see how it looks before you decide to do this on live tv in the main event this was just awful i didn't like it at all and uh this was a bad week honestly for triple threat main event women's matches because i didn't like the raw main event either but i think that this spot uh trumped it for being my worst of the week and here's the thing like i feel really bad because everything that they've been doing right now with soraya and with tony storm and all of this i feel like a lot of it has been more misses than hits and it, it kind of it, it you know even from like the very beginning when we were talking about Britt baker and uh soraya and you know their feud and how one person was supposed to be the baby face one person was supposed to be the heel but yet it was opposite and then we fast forward and uh you know we're getting uh soraya and tony are first supposed to be the baby faces and then finally we get them to 
to turn heel. I just finally, I, I, I personally feel like a lot of it hasn't been run very smooth. It hasn't been a smooth transition. We've, it's been a bumpy road with the whole entire story that they've been going with this. And I feel bad because Soraya has been getting like a lot of a uh, negative uh, backlash for a lot of what's been, you know, failing in terms of her story in AEW since kind of the beginning. And it almost seems like nothing has been working um, necessarily too great. And I hate saying that because I'm a fan of Soraya. Um, there was a lot of stuff that I liked, but I recognized that they were not, you know, universally loved. And I get the criticisms for all of that. And the thing with the spray paint, um, I, I like the idea of them using the spray paint to, you know, obviously just incorporate it into their heel and also heel work and all of that. I get it. But for some reason, it just isn't hitting at all. And I think that they're overdoing it. So when she did it on Tony so that they she could then do her um you know, her hip attack and all of that. For me, it was one of those things that I'm like, was it really necessary? Maybe not, maybe not super necessary. So because of that, I, I agree with you. I didn't think that this was good at all. And I just really feel bad because I think that they could be doing so much more. Like, remember the reaction that Soraya got when she came into AEW and had her moment? I feel like oh, yeah. we could be getting such good stuff, but so far this isn't it. And I feel bad, but um, the Ruby Soho thing, I've been struggling, really struggling to get into Ruby Soho and what she's been doing on AEW it's been a big struggle for me like I was not into the stuff that she was doing with Ty I wasn't a fan of any of that uh I and when we when she came back afterwards and you know we kind of picked up where they left off from I almost like I didn't care I almost felt like you know what like I get that they never finished this thing off but I just didn't have any interest in it before I didn't have any interest in it afterwards and so for me a lot of the stuff that they've been doing here has been a miss for me which kind of sucks because I don't want to see that I want to see stuff that you know clearly I'm interested in it but right now it's not grabbing my attention and what's worse is that because this was the main event spot on dynamite there's like different standards that you need to meet um especially for a show that already wasn't necessarily that great well denise are you ready to burn the world down oh, i'm ready i'm ready so here we go because i'm about to just like light up this stream so get your chat ready. get your chats ready get everything going so burn it down <laughs> so when it comes to worst of the week here's the thing i feel like you can go one or two ways right you can go with something that was stupid, like you mentioned, um, something that was dumb. And there was a lot of stupid, dumb stuff that we saw play out throughout the week. Um, you know, one of them being uh, Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. I thought that that was complete and total, and total butt. Like the way that they ended that, I didn't like it. Um, same, you know, I could sit here and tell you how I didn't like, you know, a lot of what some of the stuff that they did for the Women's Elimination Chamber. I agreed with Will on his worst of the week. However, when it comes to something... Do I go the route of something that I may not necessarily care about too much? Or do I go with the route of something that I did care about? So I've decided to go with the route of something that I did care about that I did not think met expectations and fell flat. And so my worst of the week is, hold on, let me pull up my little thing. My worst of the week is going to Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn at Elimination Chamber. And... The reason for that is multiple reasons. One, I cared about this going into this. This has been the best thing that they have been doing. The story has been phenomenal. Shit, we're just talking about Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes and everything that they did on Monday Night Raw. And God, the reaction that Sami Zayn was getting in Montreal 
for a SmackDown, all of that, because I cared about this and because they had an opportunity here, Will. We're always talking about some of the greatest moments and reactions. And the reason I was personally looking forward to this match was because I said it had the big fight feel. We knew Roman Reigns was going to defeat Sami Zayn. That's fine. We knew that. But I think at the end of the night, there was no reaction from people. I think the fans were truly waiting for something special to happen, a moment so that they can grab it and, you know, hold on to it and do something like react to it. I thought that the ending fell completely flat in the sense that, um, so we had the match. Like I, there was a lot that I liked in the particular matchup, but I was still waiting for it to kind of, you know, really peak, right? Like really have this peaking moment. Did it peak? Not necessarily, but I thought, okay, fine. You know what? Uh, I'm more interested here in the story and I want to take that element into it. Um, when they had Jay Uso, when they had Jimmy Uso come out and do the attack and afterwards we're thinking, okay, you know, clearly Jay's going to come out. Jay comes out and they have this whole moment where, you know, is he going to turn on Roman Reigns? Is he going to side with Sami Zayn? What's going to happen here? What direction is Jay Uso going to go in? And instead, we didn't get Jay Uso making a definitive answer. And this to me was this was the moment and this was the big disagreement that Sean and I had on last night's stream that got us into like a one hour argument about it. But I still stand by I really do think that they dropped the ball on capitalizing in this moment because if they do the turn um, with Jey Uso or even Jey Uso siding with Sami Zayn, whatever direction they choose to go in, if they do it in some other crowd, um, it's not going to meet this. Uh, it's not going to hit the same that it would have had they done it in Montreal. This was a once in a blue moon opportunity to really grab a hold of this moment, seize the opportunity, make the fans feel like they saw something big time happen. Instead, they dragged the moment out. Um, they uh, they kind of they teased a bunch of different directions here, but didn't actually go with anything. And then finally, Sami Zayn accidentally you know takes down uh, Jay Uso. To me, that was incredibly lame. I felt that they were in this storytelling that we got for this match. I felt that WWE was afraid to actually do something here. I feel that they were trying to extend the moment way too much when the moment was now to do something. And at the end of this match, I had no reaction, Will. I didn't feel like plotting. I didn't feel like screaming. I didn't feel like booing. I didn't feel like crying. I didn't feel anything. I was just like, oh, that's it. I was so hyped up for this and I feel they dropped the ball. Now I know that this has gotten uh, the internet wrestling community upside down, but um, at the end of the day, this is my opinion. And I just don't think that they necessarily seize the moment. Three things. One, not just your opinion. Leonard Aaron says, thank you, Denise. Absolutely nailed it. The story's over to me. Sammy and KO beating the Usos won't be close to Sammy beating Roman in Montreal. Becky says the Sammy Roman match was an overbooked mess. Two ref bumps, really. Um, and kind of going back a little bit to my worst, uh, we had another one from that Jared. was from, from Jared that says everything about Soraya feels so Divas era, her style of wrestling, though that's probably due to her neck, these storylines, etc. Nothing is elevated. I'm hoping that she gets because a lot of people get some of their best work out of sky blue i have jade cargill is a great example of that i'm hoping this week's array versus sky blue is something where she gets to prove it 
anyway, uh, so I gave you two of my three things. My third thing is... Uh, oh, wait, and Chaos Control says, Denise, I was letting you cook, and you chefed up some valid points. Um, all right. Denise Salcedo. <laughs> Why do I feel terrified? I feel like you're going to hit me or something. Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Where are you I at think, in this argument? I think you are a brave individual, and I respect your opinion. <laughs> that said, okay. I will say, as far as this match was concerned, I am, this crowd was incredible. I think that uh, when you think about, you know, we talk about AEW crowds all the time and how um, active they are, how into the show they are, and how, man, you know, it's crazy how WWE has that many people at their shows and they can't sound as engaged as a Dynamite crowd does. But this was one of those cases where they had a sold out crowd, a massive crowd in this arena, and they sounded engaged in everything that was happening, particularly in the Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns match. And I think that that is something that can't be understated. These fans were way into this. Um, I think that the match was a great dramatic Roman Reigns match. And I say that in the sense of like your mileage will vary because I know that there are some people who are very, very sick of this type of match that feel like there's, they're not, they're not as, you have to have essentially a taste for what Roman Reigns does in matches to like the, his type of match. I understand that. But really, obviously the big discussion here is the ending. And I have to say, I'm mostly with you on the ending. I thought that uh, WWE was in a position with how much the crowd was invested into this, how much the internet was invested in this, how much anybody you talk to who watches professional wrestling was invested in this. They were in a position to deliver something. And I feel like they kind of coward, coward's way out of this all of it. Uh, I feel like they didn't let anything have any sense of finality or any sense of uh, a decision being made. It felt like everything here was inconclusive by the time we walked out of it. We had so many questions uh, such as, and any one of them could have been answered. Can Sami Zayn defeat Roman Reigns? Will Roman Reigns put away Sami Zayn? Uh, is Kevin Owens going to reunite with Sami Zayn? Whose side is Jey Uso on? Those were all the questions going into this. Not a single one of them was answered. Uh, and that was the problem I had here. I feel like if you weren't going to have Sami Zayn win, honestly, I would have had the balls to just have him lose clean. Um, I think the ref bumps and leaving and having it look like Sami had it won, that just strengthens the fans' idea that they wanted Sami Zayn to do this. I don't think that's a good idea. I think you should have left that one open. Uh, I think that... Jay Uso. If the match is going to be the Usos versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, I think that you should have had some kind of decision made on Jay Uso because having him accidentally hit by Sami Zayn and then disappearing for the next 10 minutes didn't do anything for anybody. And then Kevin Owens coming out and kind of making the save, but then just sort of walking off. I thought everything after Jay Uso went down was flat. 
And this was from somebody who was engaged in this match, who was excited. Um, I thought that all the way through, I was like, oh, I bit on a couple of those falls. I thought some cool things were going to happen. From the, Honestly, from the ref bump, I was like, oh, this is where we're going. Okay, you know, maybe that's fine. But then they did the second ref bump. And then, again, like I said, the having having Jay not make a decision at all and having him just kind of disappear and Roman then win the way he did with the chair shots, I thought was flat. Uh, I didn't like the way it ended at all. And I think that it was kind of cowardly. I think that with that crowd, you could have given them something. Because I think even if you had Roman defeat Sammy clean, that would have at least given the crowd a sense of, damn it, we were rooting for our guy, but he just didn't do it. Damn. Um, and you could have had this like overwhelming deflation from the crowd, which is a good reaction in itself. It's at least a reaction. It's at I'm least a say. reaction. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think that if you had had Jay do the turn, which it sounds like they're, they're going to leave some conflict in there. But if you had had Jay do the turn, then at that least at that point, at least you would have given the crowd something to be angry about. If yeah. you had had Kevin Owens hug Sami Zayn, you would have at least had a, hey, we didn't get what we wanted here, but man, that's a feel-good ending. You didn't give them that. You didn't give them anything to give them a conclusion here. And to me, I think that they took such a coward's way out of what was an exciting, well-built thing. Um, I was not angry enough about this to make this my worst. Uh, <laughs> but I will say I didn't like the finish at all. Um, I didn't. But I like the match. I like the match and I was into it, but the finish was not for me. There was a lot of good moments in this match. And you mentioned, you know, biting for a couple of those near falls. So did I, uh, you know, Sammy going in there in the middle of, you know, Ro with the way that Roman was like talking shit to like Sammy's wife. And then finally, you know, Sammy getting a little bit of an upper hand and finding a way to even go in there and smack a kiss on his, like on, on his wife, like all of that, like little things like that, I thought really did kind of give something, but yeah, I feel the, that's what I was basically saying. Like they didn't, give the fans anything to really react to whether it was anger happiness anything and it kind of just left people standing there thinking okay well that was you know all that for where we're at right now so we do got a couple of super chats here and this is from mr cj lily who says um who gets more unjustified hate alexa or soraya they say or do any even post about their partners during valentine's day and they both can't win i'm gonna say soraya I think the amount of hate that I have seen towards Soraya has been very crazy. Um, I see it because I've posted, you know, clips of her from the scrums on my Instagram. Oh my God, it's horrible. And the things, the words that people use to talk about women is very ugly. I've spoken about this before, but there's, it's so different when they're talking shit on a guy and when they're talking shit on women, it's night and day. I do think Soraya gets the most hate when it comes to, um, these two people um and then uh let's go in here we got a couple more super chats here this one is from s martinez 281 who says the fact that kevin came out after the match was over to give the crowd some kind of joy while they leave the show it was after the match those it was after the match those it was after the did match, not though. matter uh it was drew roman ending again bled uh, thank you so much to S. Martinez for sharing your thoughts and for sending in a super chat. I appreciate it a whole lot. Um, did you want to add anything to this, Will, or should no, we just I, I, okay. I can see that. All right. And um, all right. So 
there you go and and, and and just the people kind of arguing in the chat saying that the story wasn't meant to conclude here i'm not saying the entire story was meant of to course conclude not. Yeah. yeah no and nobody thought that obviously the wrestlemania is where the conclusion comes but i think that at some point a question needed to be answered here and uh any one of them any one of the questions i'm not saying even all of them i'm saying any one question that people had going into this match should have been answered and they basically left us exactly where we were last week. And uh, I don't think that justified the price of the ticket, basically. Right. See, here's the thing. Like, the argument is not who should have won. That's not even the argument. We knew Roman Reigns was going to win. That's fine. Mm -hmm. That's not even the argument here. Um, the other thing was, like, you know, there's people saying, oh, you're just fantasy booking. Fantasy booking a good ending is not – or just, like, an, a, an interesting ending – to me, it's not fantasy booking. Fantasy booking is like when you say, I specifically needed this, this, and this, and to happen. We wanted something to feel like there was anything to even be excited about or to react to. You, Like I said, the fans wanted to go home feeling like there was something worthy to talk about in regards to the actual um, you know, culmination leading up to the ending there. And that's where I feel we didn't get there. And I do agree. That's why I said, like, it felt like they were afraid. And, you know, you worded it differently with them coming in terms of, like, more of a cowardly response to this. And that's truly what I do feel. Like, this doesn't mean the argument is not the end. The, the ending of the story should have been here. That's not the argument at all. We, you're telling me that just because Jay uh, would have, let's say Jay would have actually made some sort of, you know, um decision here whether it was to stick with sammy or turn or whatever that the story would be over of course not that would only catapult it and lead you to say hey i'm gonna see what else they're going to do the following weeks and think about all the stuff that they could have done leading up to wrestlemania with a decision with a moment something more something more important feeling like it actually happened on the show and i don't feel we necessarily got that and so i feel like sometimes people don't necessarily understand what the argument really is here in regards to why a lot of people because there's a lot of people that are really torn on this i'm seeing the conversations online there are people that are like well, let's just let it play out. And then there's people that are like, well, no, like this was a moment to actually seize the opportunity and do something more definitive with it. Um, that did not by any means necessarily mean that it would be the end of this story. Um, Patchy Rick sends in a super chat, a very generous super chat. Thank you so much to Patchy Rick, who says, I was bummed at the first ref bump, but I screamed at the second one. I'm a Royals fan that attended game seven of the 2014 World Series. Sometimes the home team gets beat. Um, thoughts on this? Uh, well, since I know you're a big sports fan. Yeah, of course. I um, And I, I was working with a company who sponsors the Royals in 2014 at the time. So that was kind of a big deal uh, at the time. I remember all of that. Uh, what I am saying, though, is, I mean, yeah, sometimes the home team gets beat. And uh, again, I just... So... The reason, guys, it's not so much a fantasy booking thing. I'm more so thinking about the the grand scheme of things in with WWE as a whole. I'm thinking about how a lot of people, 
sitting around on the internet are saying that they don't believe in Cody Rhodes, that they don't think Cody Rhodes is the guy to face Roman Reigns. And the one thing that I was just applauding when we talked about Denise's number two was that... Uh, <laughs> talking about Denise's, Denise's number two? Number two? <laughs> yes. Thank but, you for applauding my number two. <laughs> but either way, when we were talking about that... <laughs> Um, so disgusting. <laughs> um, we, I mentioned how I loved the way that that segment removed a lot of the doubt around Cody and made him seem like the guy here. Um, one of the things I think they took a step backward on is that anybody who felt like Sammy should be the guy, do they feel any less that now? Uh, I feel like if there was any inkling and i don't think the fans are going to turn on cody but the way people keep saying the way a lot of people are trying to will that into existence i feel like increasing the doubt around the possibility of Sami Zayn being champion instead of removing all doubt to me uh harms the wrestlemania main event in a sense that you're now just get, those people who were firmly behind the idea that it should be sammy aren't going to feel any less that way now. If anything, now they feel more that it should be Sammy because we've now visually seen on two occasions in that match, Sammy Zayn had Roman Reigns beat. Why would he not be entitled to something at this point? Why is he not the guy to make his way into a match? Because literally, we saw this two years ago. Brian Danielson had two matches with, uh, with Roman Reigns in which he had him beat. and uh, But the number one contender was Edge. But at that point, now how can we deny Daniel sent his match? And we ended up with the triple threat. Now I feel like you have a, a case made for a triple threat. And I don't think they're doing the triple threat. But there's a case made for it now. And I think that they didn't do right by the possible Roman Reigns and uh, Cody Rhodes main event. Thank you so much to Patchy Rick for also sending in this super chat. Very generous of you. Um, and okay, let me catch up. This one is from Shane Haas who says how they follow this up will be interesting. Um, I mean, to be honest, I'm just a little bit like, okay, well, I, I feel a little bit less interested. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie here. I do feel less interested. I'm just more so of like, okay, clearly they're just doing anything they can to extend it and actually give us some sort of conclusive anything really. Um, Thank you so much to Shane Haas for also sending in the super chat and getting your thoughts in. Uh, let's press on from here. We actually have another one from Ricardo who says, um, I think I agree about Sammy and Roman. Uh, thank you, Ricardo. Again, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. This is entertainment. We're not talking about politics here. This is actually not so serious, you know. So at the end of the day, it's pro wrestling. It's entertainment. It's subjective. And you can, you know, agree, disagree with whatever um, you want. Uh, Keon Jarrett sends in a super chat saying, the match was great. The ending was mad, but much respect for Kevin Owens coming out to give the fans what they want. But the storyline ain't finished, though. LOL, says Kayon Jarrett. Uh, thank you so much for the super chat as well. Um, and uh, let's did you have a thought on this one? Well, sorry. No, I'm ready for number okay. one. Okay. Sorry. I know we're going Smash a little long it. here. All right. Um, number one, uh, Will, you're up first. Mm, what is mm, your best mm, of the week? Money. Mm, mm, money. Mm. Look, here's the thing. How do you do that? You can't beatbox. Can't... No? <laughs> yeah. no, okay. Well, that is a thing <laughs> I've spent my entire life doing. And uh, that, it's just the thing I do. But look here. I can't I do it. watched Battle of the Valley the entire 
night. Um, I watched it from what was supposed to be the beginning, but guys, that Matt, that show took 45 minutes to get started um, with some technical errors. I heard. But you know what? Once we got to Kyrie versus Mercedes Monet, worth it. Absolutely worth it. Um, I, starting with the entrances, uh, of course, this was a um, smaller venue, but at the same time, it was a packed house. And if you ever needed proof of who sold out this house, a lot of the matches didn't have the crowd reactions that this one did. But you can tell that a lot of non-New Japan fans were in the building and were in the building to see Mercedes Monet. Look, some great stuff happened on this show. We actually saw, um, I thought, a great match between Eddie Kingston and Jay White. Eddie Kingston defeating Jay White in a loser leaves New Japan Pro Wrestling match. Um, afterward, uh, you know, after that match, um, he was jumped by uh, Dave Finley, and I thought, that eh, was only okay. Uh, Jay White was. But other than that, it was a good goodbye to Jay White and you could see tears kind of coming down his face as he took the pinfall. And I was like, oh, that, that got me. But <laughs> Mercedes and Kyrie had something to prove here, I think. And I believe they did it and did it with uh, in the biggest way possible. I think the match was ambitious. It was exciting. It was electric. And it was creative. Um, you know, I mentioned how this was a rough night for referees because this match also had a ref bump, but I enjoyed, I, I almost groaned when the referee got knocked out in this match. My initial thought was, I just saw ref bumps and I'm tired of ref bumps, but you know what? They, the way it was used was very smart. Because uh, talking about some of the action of the match to begin with, um, I thought, again, just creative spots. One of my favorite spots in the match had uh, Mercedes hitting the Eddie Guerrero Three Amigos. But as she goes for the third, and she even kind of shimmies with it, as she goes for the third, Kyrie reverses it and spikes her with this DDT. Again, just creative, creative stuff here. Um, uh, there was a Casadora in the match that looked phenomenal. Just as as a whole, everything was smart. Um, but then even when the ref bump happened, and the ref bump happened via Sasha pulling the ref, uh, Sasha, I got to get in the habit, Mercedes pulling the ref into the uh, line of fire and ref getting knocked out. And Kyrie looks like, what the hell did you do that for? And gets pissed and then drags Mercedes out of the ring and they end up brawling outside of the ring. And this ref bump wasn't used as a way to like get some bullshit interference off or have a false finish happen. In this case, the ref bump was used to suspend the rules for a moment because at that moment then Kyrie's like fuck the rules of this match we're gonna fight now and they go outside the ring and they start fighting up on top of the stage and they do the table spot outside which all of that wouldn't have made sense with the, like the referee would be calling the back end one of them would have got a, gotten counted out all of that stuff and it was literally just used in a moment to suspend the rules and didn't necessarily throw a bunch of convoluted stuff in or put the finish of the match in question it was just to turn this into more of a fight for a moment. I liked that. And uh, I thought that was a brilliant use of uh, the referee. We saw um, Mercedes hit a Bailey to belly in the match. And of course the crowd knowing that Bailey was in the crowd, you could almost see people all turn around <laughs> and go, 
Hey, that's the thing for her. They all start chanting Bailey. Um, I thought that was cute. Uh, but then, of course, in the end, um, a, a very finish that uh, people were kind of giving um, Mercedes crap for before, I think she pulled off flawlessly. And at the end of this match, some of my favorite women's matches uh, that have taken place on U.S. soil have mostly involved Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet. Um, and to me, I think this is up there as one of her best. To me, this is up there with Bailey from TakeOver. I think it was a moment when she got that victory and you can almost just see this dreams come true sense over her. Of course, we talked earlier about her Hanukkah um, attire in the hair and all of that. And, um, that was very cool in commentary, making sure to, to mention all of that. Shout out Ian Riccoboni for, um, breaking down all of Mercedes's accolades uh, as she's making her way down to the ring, talking about everything she's won, talking about her as the, you know, SB female athlete of the year, all of that stuff. I thought commentary was really selling her as an all time great. Um, and this to me is up there with her best matches. This was very, very, very good. I had to watch it a second time. I've watched it now, I guess, technically, First time, again, I passed out. <laughs> Second time, I watched it in full because you had texted me asking me how it was. And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't finish it. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, well, I guess I should. And so I went back and I finished it. And then I was like, that was really good. And then I watched it one more time this morning just to be certain I felt as strongly about this as I was making my list as I did. This is, I think, thinking about the fact that... Um, she walked away from WWE. A lot of people questioned her on that. A lot of people questioned, is she doing the right thing? Uh, she's betting on herself. Does she actually have it? I think even coming out of Wrestle Kingdom this past January, there were a lot of questions around, is she actually over? Is she the star she thinks she is? The moment was kind of flat when it happened, when she attacked Kyrie. Um, do New Japan fans even have the patience for women's wrestling? And I think she answered all of those questions here and proved she is who she believes she is and believes that she's worthy of the moment she believes she is. This was phenomenal. Uh, and I can't wait to see them run this back. Well, I'm happy that you painted this. Like it makes me excited to watch it because I didn't get a chance to watch it, as I mentioned at the top of this stream. So, um, you know, for the, here's the thing too, that I want to mention is like you touching on whether or not people were expecting her to be back or not be back. I think that, you got to respect Mercedes for really going out there and doing something different because I've said this before, she could have taken a bunch of easier paths. She could have gone back to WWE. She could have just gone straight to AEW. She could have just stuck with, you know, just doing, you know, red carpet appearances and this and that, but she went a different route because it was, you know, the, her dream, the thing that she wanted to do. And I feel like you got to respect that, you know? And I'm really happy that she got her moment. So I can't wait to watch that. Um, Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying, I like the David uh, Finley heel. Uh, just as long as he doesn't become the new leader of the Bullet Club, who would you have become the new leader of the Bullet Club? Um, so, Will, since you watched this, uh, walk us through what happened here. Yeah, so, I mean, pretty much after the match was over, um, Dave Finley makes his way in, and he does attack Jay White. And I was worried because I was like, oh, no, is he the new Bullet Club leader? Because that's uh, kind of out of nowhere um and uh he but he the way he runs down um 
Jay White, he really runs down everything Jay White's accomplished and talks about him kind of walking away from it all and that he is, uh, that it's all for the taking and he's coming after it. Um, and it was just more, more so about Dave Finley looking to become the new ace of New Japan in terms of uh, the top heel and less about, I, I can't use the term ace, I guess, because that's already reserved in New Japan for wrestling, but um, becoming kind of that new top guy in place of Jay White. But I don't think it was a Bullet Club thing. In terms of who the leader of the Bullet Club is, fuck, I don't know. I'm worried about even continuing the Bullet Club at this stage because it's kind of been uh, a bit on uh, life support for the last uh <laughs> three years almost i think jay white's been keeping it alive but jay white is uh i don't know jay white has kind of been the exception whereas when i look at the rest of the bullet club i'm just not in a place of feeling like this faction needs to continue in the way it is so i'm not the guy to answer that i guess is is the answer Anime Otaku says, uh, I love that Rickabani explained the ladder under the ring in the homicide match. And then we have one from Devil Kazuya who says, Will and Denise are not snowmen reliable reporters. Obviously, this is a nod to the Ariel Hawani, Tony Khan uh, feud. Also, I would like to clarify, I am a content creator. Media personality, not, <laughs> not a journalist, never claimed to be. <laughs> Exactly. All right. Uh, moving on from this, uh, my best of the week. And um, okay, so for me, this is something that we already touched on. And it was you were right with your with what you said that your number two would be my number one. And it was the men's elimination chamber. Now, Will, you pretty much ran through uh, what happened with that. So I just want to highlight a couple moments here. Um, I'm glad that Austin Theory retained the title because I really do think it benefited him just a whole lot more to actually, um, you know, just hold on to the title. And even with the ending, um, I didn't mind the way that they did it because to me, it falls in line with Austin Theory's character. And when they did the whole injury angle with Montez dude I fell for that for like a good period of time because it took so long for us to see what was coming out of it because um when they started taking Montez out and I thought that Austin Theory was going to use that opportunity to like cheat or something and then when that didn't happen I'm like oh shit like something's really going on here and you mentioned that last little tumble that he did at the end where he kind of you know kind of goes down a little bit I'm like oh my god either it's a little bit too dramatic or I, I you could take it both ways it's a little bit too dramatic or you're thinking okay this is something serious what Whatever, right so when logan paul finally comes through you're like okay this is why they did what they did here but they sold me a ticket to that i was um so kudos to them on that but um I'm I, so I, that's glad. amazing because i literally was like okay had logan paul let's go yes, <laughs> like that yes, was my immediate no, no, thought when he me. stumbles i was waiting for a bit i'm like okay should i be concerned right now like what what should i be they would have kept there's a couple of things because I guess it's just one of those I have too much experience with those kind of things. But my two thoughts were if there was something wrong, actually wrong, I think they would have kept the cameras off and not yes, on. Yes. Um yeah. and then on top of that, what the my thought was depending on what's wrong here, if it's like if you think it might be a concussion or a neck issue or anything along those lines, you would not be helping this man to his feet. You would be right. carting him off. And so 
I I felt pretty comfortable. Like I think everything's okay. I second guessed uh, myself at first. I was like, okay, this is gonna be theory. He's gonna get his moments to cheat right now. And then it went on a little longer, and I'm thinking maybe he really is hurt here. And then afterwards, I'm like, okay, finally, no, he's not. So it was one of those things where I thought they did a good job with this little injury angle that they did, and having Logan Paul come out. And I'm freaking stoked about Seth Rollins, Logan Paul. I mean, we pretty much knew since the Rumble that they were gonna do go this direction for WrestleMania. I'm stoked for it. I'm here for it. I'm ready. Uh, Johnny Gargano, I thought this was probably the best we've seen from him on the main roster thus far because they've really dropped the ball on Johnny Gargano. Uh, you touched on that earlier, and it's true. I, I I need them to present Johnny Gargano a lot differently because you know he can go. You know he can have these great matches. But, I mean, everything that they had him do with The Miz and Dexter Loomis, all of that was so lame, and it really, really bogged down Johnny Gargano, especially given that he had just came back into the company and you wanted to see i think everybody was like ready you know like oh finally the small guy that was never given an opportunity because of his size on the main roster he's finally gonna get this opportunity and now we get this whole thing with dexter loomis and the miz so that was super lame but i'm glad that johnny gargano did have a couple of great moments in this matchup here damian priest is another one I thought he did phenomenal in this match. I loved everything that he contributed into this matchup. I thought they gave him a lot of good moments here. Um, really good stuff there. Bronson Reed, I have been liking, you know, these quick little squash matches that he's been having on uh, Raw um, with Akira Tozawa and Mustafa Ali. All of that was really great. So I was happy for Bronson Reed. He was somebody that I was really looking forward to in this match. And I thought that he did his part too. Um, the way that he was eliminated was really fun and made sense for the Bronson Reed, um, for Bronson Reed, given his size and everything. Montez Ford, though, was the highlight of this elimination chamber. Like he was the person that you're, coming out of talking about because he did so freaking great i mean he went in there the second he went in there he just brought like so much energy sped everything up had a lot of really great interactions you mentioned the moment off the you know the top very top of the elimination chamber the way that he um climbed up there set himself up and then just threw himself down that was freaking great i mean there was a lot of really good stuff that they did with montez ford here and i think this was kind of the um I don't know if you needed any proof because you already knew Montez Ford was good. So I don't even want to say you needed proof, but this was just a further example of why you should be doing something also in the singles realm with Montez Ford. Now, here's the thing. I don't want the Street Profits to break up. Um, I would like them to stay together, but also have them do stuff, you know, individually. Um but yeah, this was great, man. The Elimination Chamber, top to bottom for the men's, I thought was phenomenal. I loved everything about it. And um and just seriously, kudos to Montez Ford for giving us that creative spot because I was looking forward to seeing something unique in this chamber because that always feels like, I don't know, it makes the chamber a little bit more fun for me. Uh, we got a super chat here from Sheldon Jackson who says, wanted to ask you both of your thoughts on the fact that the Intercontinental title hasn't been defended on a PLE since Clash with the Castle almost six months now. Sheldon brought this up on my watch along yesterday and I didn't even realize it until he said it. And I that bums me out because I love Gunther and there's so many opportunities to be had with Gunther. It's not like you're sitting there with a champion that isn't great. I'll say this. Let's look at this from a different angle and maybe from a more positive one. That's not to say the title hasn't been defended at all, because like when we look back at Shinsuke's run, the belt like didn't get defended in the months it wasn't on uh, on pay-per-view or PLE. But if anything, I think they're doing a really good job drawing attention to the title on TV, which is where the majority of the fans are. He is having big title defenses. 
um, and their main event matches when they happen. Uh, so I'll at least say that I'm not so bummed about it being not being on a um, a premium live event at the moment. It, just because I wouldn't have put Madcap Moss on a premium live event. No. There's no way. But at the same time, getting the match on TV to showcase what Moss can do, I think, is a better idea. So I'm not so down on that. That's all. Last year, sends in a super chat saying, any chance of more than one women's match at Forbidden Door 2? What would you like to see? Sheeta versus Suryu Hader and, uh, versus Utami would be awesome. Um, how do you feel about this? Well, for me, I mean, I think like definitely given how stacked Tony gets those cards, I wouldn't mind seeing. You know, it I just think there really would be. Yeah. No, I think there would be this year just because of the fact that last year, the issue was there's only one women's title between the two companies. Um, there was the... Uh, AEW Women's World Title, uh, specifically talking about World Title. TBS was there at the time, but talking about World Titles. But now, in the same way that Forbidden Door had both the AEW title defended and we also saw the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship defended, I think you can do a IWGP Women's World Championship defense and do an AEW Women's World Championship defense and have both defended. So I think we will. I'm Thank almost, you so much to last year. I almost uh, have no doubt that they do both. I hope they do. I hope you're spot on on that one. Thank you so much to last year for sending in this super chat. Um, all righty. So that's pretty much our show. Um, seriously. Hey, I want one last guess. One last what? prediction. What do you think Tony Khan's announcement is on Wednesday? Oh, yes. Yeah, so I was talking about this on my show on Wednesday. And my predictions are, okay, so I have a couple. One of them being, I think he's just going to make an official announcement about uh, Ring of Honor TV. Uh, the other one is maybe some more information on the London show for 2023. And then um, there was another one. And for some reason, I'm blanking on my other prediction that I had. But those were my main two predictions for what I was expecting from Tony Khan's major announcement. Hmm. What do you so, think? The problem is, I don't think it's Ring of Honor. Oh, yeah. Someone also mentioned, mentioned Forbidden Door 2. And then also the video game thing. So those were the some of the things that were brought up on the show. Yeah. I'm going to throw out a bold prediction because why Ooh, the fuck not? It? All right. Are you ready? Yes. I think we get, because his wording, and granted, this is just a bold prediction. I don't actually know anything here. But the wording of it is an important announcement. Now, usually when it's an event, he'll say it's a major announcement or a huge announcement. But this is the first time they said important announcement. I think some of the mystery around CM Punk gets answered. Oh, shit, Will. And what do you mean? Because here's the thing. If he wasn't coming back <laughs> sorry, to AEW, <laughs> here's the thing, though. If he wasn't coming back to AEW, there'd be no announcement. So then the announcement would be he's coming back. Would it not? Because if he's not so. coming back, you wouldn't make an announcement. But if he's coming back, you would make an announcement. Yeah. Uh, either that or it's the dates for the UK shows. Because the UK shows already been announced. So that's not necessarily an announcement. It's now more so of a, okay, here's confirmation of what we announced before. Like, we already did right. that. So right. uh, I don't know what this is. But uh, I don't know. I just feel like important announcement feels weird. That's I really serious. just, look, I am still in punk watch mode. I get it. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm I'm more along the lines of that's what I think. I think it's going to be more of like the Ring of Honor stuff where he's going to make like an official, official announcement on that. That's why it's important. <laughs> I, like I've got, uh, I saw a backup Hangman. Shout out backup Hangman. He had the tweet of, no, nah, they're going to announce the second dance at, uh, at what was it? Um, 
at United Center and literally just leave it at that. And I thought, damn, that would actually be pretty good. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, there you go. That was after the week for uh, Sunday, February 19th. I want to thank you guys always so much for coming in here to the channel. Uh, please, if you haven't already subscribe, uh, I just surpassed 91,000 subscribers making the way to 100k, which has been a pretty long journey. Uh, so please, if you haven't already click that subscribe button, there's tons of content to check out. Also, you can now become a YouTube member here. Uh, if you want additional content, I'm posting all of the wrestling rewind episodes up for members only on top of that you're also getting bonus videos i posted a video of will and i uh interviewing fans at uh at aw what is it all outside uh, uh -huh. i posted a uh, interview that me and sean did together that was pretty funny pretty silly if you guys want to check that one out as well um i did a studio tour uh i'm doing like a bunch of different videos we also did a uh fan um any live stream where people actually were able to hop on to the actual stream and meet up. And there's been different perks each and every single month. Last month, we did a Royal Rumble pool. So something a little bit different each month. But please, um, once again, if you would like to become a member, you can just go ahead and join here. But that is pretty much it for us. Will, please let the people know where they can show you some support. You can show me some support uh, on my, uh, my Twitter. I am at WilliamRBR. I host a ton of podcasts all the time. Um, I don't even know what podcasts I've got coming up this week. I think I'm going to be on uh, Four Finger Discount next week, which I'm really excited for, a uh, podcast reviewing The Simpsons. Um, recently had Cole Cabana on. It's a great show. Uh, and I'll be reviewing one of my favorite episodes. And, hey, don't forget, in case you forgot, Denise, but next week we will not be here at our normal time. Oh, um, shit. I did forget. Damn. <laughs> so, <laughs> That, oh yeah, we were gonna be on at a later time at yes. 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Yes. Yes, 7 p.m. Eastern. So don't miss us next week, but don't come early because we won't be here. But we will definitely be here at a special time, and that is as Denise said, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, right here, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. Bless you for remembering that because even I forgot. <laughs> yes. Alrighty. Thank you guys so much. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>